بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين Alhamdulillah, so far we have been able to study different aspects of the concept of taqwa, piety. And we said that taqwa is very comprehensive and very profound concept in the Quran. And it is not just to do certain actions, it's much more than that. Then we try to get some help from the Quran itself to understand the concept of taqwa based on the verses from the beginning of Surat Baqarah, chapter 2, we said that one of the requirements of taqwa is iman, is faith. Another was to establish the prayer. Another was to give charity. And then to be certain about the hereafter. So iman and practices are needed. And then we said, what is Iman? Because Iman is very close to Taqwa. So we mentioned many verses of the Quran in which Allah himself describes the people who have Iman. Like the verses from Surat Mu'minun and other verses of the Quran. And then I mentioned Hadith about Iman. And then we talked about signs or Alamat and Alaim of Iman. And we said these signs are different. Sometimes they are external signs, something that can be easily realized and recognized. Like the hadith from Imam Askari which mentions five signs which are all external. You can easily see whether that person puts his forehead on the, for example, soil or not. Whether that person, for example, uh, does ziyarat arba'in or not. Does his, uh, wear his ring in the right hand or not. These are external things which are helpful to quickly see whether that person is one of this group or not. But there are then signs which go to the deeper levels of Iman. And you need some time to realize whether that person has these qualities or not. And we mentioned some of those signs so far. So today is the final session about this. And as I promised, I want to mention some of the qualities which are the most important qualities of a mu'min. There are many qualities for mu'min, but these are the most important ones. And I think if we achieve these qualities, we would be in the closest position to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we would be in the most successful position in the world. Oh, everyone would love Muslims if they have these qualities. There is a hadith from Imam Zainul Abidin alayhi salam. A person called Abi Malik, he asked Imam, Akhbarni bi jami'i shara'i din Oh, Imam, please inform me about all the requirements of faith all the requirements of religion, sharia, what should we do as a faithful person? You may wait for a list of everything that you have to do. 
salat, zakat, hajj, all these things. But Imam chose another direction. Imam said, قول الحق والحكم بالعدل والوفاء بالعهد He said these are the most important requirements of Iman. These are the most important qualities of a Muslim. To say prayer and fast is very easy. You can learn it in half an hour and then do it. We need something more. To tell the truth. This is what a Muslim is supposed to do. No one can say I am a Muslim unless he tells the truth. When he judges, not necessarily in the court, any judgment. You know, we make lots of judgments, not necessarily in the court. In the house, in the mosque, in the workplace. You always make judgments. You have to observe justice. A Muslim never makes judgment based on love and hatred. Because I love this person, I would side with him or her. I don't love this person, I would you know, discriminate against him or her. And justice is for everyone. You must be so just that if a Muslim and a non-Muslim have a dispute, you don't side necessarily with the Muslim. You have to side with the truth. If this Muslim is wrong, say, you are wrong. You are my brother, okay, you are wrong. You are my father, you are wrong. We are not supposed to side just with the Muslims. Truth is more important than anything else. Justice is more important than anything else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لا يجرمنكم شنعان قوم على ألا تعدلوا اعدلوا هو أقرب للتقوى Do not let enmity and hostility with some people make you unjust. Be just. This is closer to taqwa. So, we should not always support Muslims just because they are Muslims. We should see who is right. If a Muslim is mistreated, of course we support him. If a Muslim is not mistreated and he has been mistreating others, so we should say, sorry, you are wrong. If we achieve this quality, then everyone would love to ask us to make judgment. Because they say these people only observe the will of God. They only fear God. No other person is observing justice. Everyone wants to support and give some favor to his own community. But we must not be like this. And of course, there are just people in all communities. Another thing is that you keep your promise. When you make a promise, you should keep it. You tell someone, I sell you this house with this amount of money. This is promise. The poor person goes and sells his house and when he comes to you, the house price has gone high. You say, sorry, it has gone high. We didn't make any contract. We didn't go to the lawyer solicitor, so I don't sell you. 
Maybe by law it's okay, but Islamically this is not okay. Because you have made a promise. If you have made a promise, even if it's not registered in any law office, you have to keep your promise. And now you see how far are people who say we are Muslims, and even when they register something and sign, they don't keep it. Is this Islam? No. If other people don't observe it, okay. They are not calling themselves Muslims. They are not saying we follow Muhammad and Ali Muhammad. We say we follow them. So we are to be different. To tell the truth, to judge according to justice, to keep your promise. What else you need? If we observe this, you know, life becomes like heaven. Before going to heaven, this life becomes heaven. If you live with the people who always tell the truth, who are honest, keep the promises, observe justice, they are always fair, the life becomes heaven. And everyone says, could you please let me enter in your circle? I want to be like you. We don't need to write, you know, many books. We don't need to do lots of da'wah. We don't need to do anything. Just observe these three things. Of course, we need to do lots of things to make people observe these things. <laughs> that is the problem. But if we were just ready to do these things, we didn't need anything more. In Al-Kafi, which is one of major books of Hadith, volume 2, page 144, the narrator says, Sami'tu Aba Abdullah alayhi salam. I heard Imam Sadiq alayhi salam. Sayyidul A'mal Thalasa. The masters among all actions. You know, we have many actions. What are the masters? The most important ones. Those which can be given a special, you know, privilege are three. This is Imam Sadiq alayhi salam. The very first is to be fair. When you have a dispute with someone, you treat this with full fairness. Not only dispute between two people, you know. When two people disagree, to be just is very important. Don't give any privilege to anyone. But this is even more difficult because it is you and someone else. You have to be so just and so honest and so fair that even if there is a dispute between you and someone else, you realize whether you are wrong or that person is wrong. Most of the time we assume that I am right. Definitely that person is wrong. This is you know, a very natural assumption. We always, when we have problem, we say I am right. It is my husband, my wife, my children, my neighbor, my colleague who is wrong. And we look for, you know, the wrong things that they have done, the wrong things that they have said. If you don't find anything, we create something. We said, you know, that time you looked at me in this way. That was the beginning of the problem. That person didn't look in a way, he didn't mean anything. But we find something because our assumption is that I can never be wrong. I am always right. Imam Sadiq says, if you are able to be fair and give insaf, fairness, to people, this is one of the best actions. Now you tell me, is this more difficult or saying prayer? 
This is more difficult. This is even more difficult than Salatul Layl. It's very difficult. It needs a great jihad, great struggle. The second thing, Muvasatul Akh Filmal. You let your brothers and sisters share your money. When they are in need, you don't feel that you are, you know, obliging them by giving a little money. You feel that they share with you your money. This is very difficult. And always, you know, when I talk about this, people say, no one is sharing with me his money. <laughs> this is wrong. You tell me with whom you are sharing. <laughs> don't look for people to share with you. Just... At least, if you cannot share with, because sometimes people say, there are people who are not honest, there are people who may take advantage. Okay, I accept this. Tell me just few people with whom you are ready to share. Just three people. Are you ready to share your money with three very honest people? If not, so there is a problem. I know there are people who are not honest, but in the entire world you cannot find three, four people? Of course you can. So why you are not able to share with them? Why you are not able to tell them whenever you need, my money is yours? So it means that the problem is much bigger than there are dishonest people. We are not ready to share. So this is another thing. And the third, the third Sayyidul A'mal means master of the actions is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. What does it mean to remember Allah all the time? Does it mean to say always subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa la akbar? No. Imam himself said, laysa subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa allahu akbar faqat. It's not just to say this. Because sometimes you say these things and you are forgetful of Allah. Sometimes you just make yourself busy with tasbih and saying these things without remembering Allah. You are saying this and thinking about something else. Walakin. Imam said, by remembrance of Allah, I mean this. When Allah has said, you must do this. To remember Allah means to listen to him and do what he says you must do. If something happens which is haram, to remember Allah means not to do haram. Not that you do haram and then you say Alhamdulillah. Remembrance of Allah means to act according to His will. So, these are important actions. In another hadith, You find, which is in Mustadrak of Asa al Shia, volume 11, page 207, and also in Biharul Anwar, volume 1, page 96. Sayyidul A'mal Fiddarain. Master of actions which can help you in dunya and akhirah, in this world and the hereafter. Al Aql. 
is to be rational, is to be thoughtful, is not to go after emotions, is not to go after customs which may be baseless. Go after what your reason, your intellect finds to be right. I always say Allah has provided us with two hujjah. This is the teaching of Ahlul Bayt Allah has two types of hujjah. One is external, one is internal. The external hujjah are the prophets. The internal one is aql. This is the teaching of Ahlul Bayt It's not by chance that you find intellectual sciences very flourished in the Shiite world. You find that many philosophers in the Shiite world. There are some Muslim countries that I don't want to mention. If you go to the entire country, you don't find a single department of philosophy. Because they don't believe in aql. If you go to any small town in Iran, you find a department of philosophy. Because there is such interest in intellectual discourse. Of course, just to study philosophy is not enough, but it is one step forward. What Ahlul Bayt wants us to be is not just study philosophy, to be rational, to be logical. Make your judgments according to the requirements of reason. And this is very much related to the issue of wisdom. Then Hadith goes on and says, Everything has a pillar, has a kind of foundation. For mu'min, the foundation, the pillar is aql, intellect, reason. And based on your reason, your worship would be measured and weighed. We have hadith in Usul al-Kafi which says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told aql, reason, I reward according to you and I punish according to you. Indeed, it's very interesting that the very first section of Al-Kafi is Kitabul Aql Wal Jahl. It's the whole set about reason, about wisdom. There is a hadith from Imam Sadiq alayhi salam, again in Al-Kafi. We had some hadith from Kafi before. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said, La taghtarru bisalatihim wala bisiyamihim. Do not be deceived when you see some people pray and fast. There are people who pray, there are people who fast, even they fast more than one month. Don't be deceived. 
فَإِنَّ الرَّجُلُ لُبَمَا لَهِجَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالصَّوْمِ حَتَّى لَوْ تَرَكَهُ اِسْتَوْحَشَ Some people, this has become a habit for them. They are used to this. If they don't do this, they feel very bad. Many people for them, prayer and fasting has become a habit. And therefore, when you tell them, you are traveling in the months of Ramadan, you cannot fast. He says, I must fast. You tell them you are ill. This is harmful for your health. You must not fast. He says, I must fast. Why you are fasting? If you are fasting to please Allah, Allah says you must not fast. Even if you fast, it's not accepted. You have to do it again later. But this person says, I must fast. So, this is not the sign of Iman. This is the sign of not being a person who is thoughtful, a person who is understanding. And indeed, I say to myself sometimes, you know, I don't tell them, but I say, you know, if a person... When he knows that Allah says to him not to fast, still he fasts. So when he can fast and he fasts, still you are worried. Maybe he's not fasting for the sake of Allah. He's fasting to make himself, you know, some kind of satisfaction. Because if he's fasting for the sake of Allah, he should stop also when Allah says not to fast. Yeah? So, this is very worrying. This is not sign of Iman. This is not sign of being cautious. For me, this is alarming. If a person says, I cannot, you know, stop fasting. It worries me. What is wrong in this person? Why he or she doesn't understand that we must fast according to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Not just to please myself. And you find many cases like this. I am doing something, for example, then my mother asked me to do something. I say, no, I am reciting Quran. Your mother asks you something, you are reciting Quran. It's wajib to listen to your mother. And sometimes, you know, you enjoy that much, that recitation. No recitation is that much enjoyable. This is shaitan. Sometimes, you know, I had a case Many years ago, a man was mistreating his wife, not speaking to her, not treating her properly. And he told me, Alhamdulillah, I feel very good these days. I have concentration in my prayer, you know, I enjoy my prayer. And this is shaitan. Shaitan to deceive you and to make you think that you are right doesn't come and preoccupy your mind. When you are praying. And this satisfaction comes not because you are really getting close to Allah. Because you are satisfying your anger. But you think that, oh, mashallah, such a beautiful prayer. I never had this prayer when I was good with my wife. <laughs> or sometimes, you know, for example, when you don't go to the mosque, to jama'ah, and you say your prayer alone, you have very good feeling. When you go to the mosque, you don't have that feeling. Ulama say, don't go for feeling. Go to the mosque and say in jama'ah, even if you don't have that concentration. Go to jama'ah. But some people say, no. When I am alone, I feel better. We shouldn't go after feeling, after emotions. 
So Imam said, do not be deceived by their prayer and fasting. This is something that they are used to it. If they don't do it, they feel very bad. They feel, you know, very odd. Test them by two things. Sidq al-Hadith wa ada'il aman. Are they honest? Do they tell the truth all the time? Do they deliver the trust? These are two things that never a person can do out of just habit. This is a very important point. Because to tell the truth has to be in different circumstances. It's not like prayer that you get used to it. You have to really be honest so that you tell the truth all the time, even if it is against you. You know, it never becomes a habit without understanding. It always needs some efforts. It no, always needs attention. You cannot do it just automatically. Unless you are honest. If you are not honest, you cannot tell the truth all the time. You realize? You know, sometimes there are certain things that you can do it even if you are, for example, a sleepy. Even you don't have full attention. You can do it as a habit. Like you can say your prayer even if you are a sleepy. You don't understand. Even a person can be drunk and says prayer. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La taqrabu salata wa antum sukara. When you are drunk, don't say your prayer. It doesn't mean get drunk and say no prayer. It means that say your prayer without being drunk. So it's possible a drunk person may say prayer and says everything very nice because of habit. <coughs> but it's impossible to be always telling the truth unless you are really honest. It's impossible to always be a trustworthy person unless you are really a trustworthy person. This never can become something that you do it as a machine or as a robot. This needs commitment. This needs piety. A person called Amr ibn Abul Miqdam says that the first time I met Imam Baghir maybe he was a I don't know, a convert or a person who migrated to Medina. I don't know. But I said, the first time I met Imam Baghir alayhi salam, he told me, hadith. Before you learn hadith, learn how to be honest. How to tell the truth. This is much more important than learning hadith. There are many people who learn hadith and it's not going to benefit them. A person called Abi Kahmas said, I met Imam Sadiq alayhi salam and I told him, Abdullah ibn Abi Ya'fur is sending you salam. Abdullah ibn Abi Ya'fur is one of the great companions of Imam Sadiq, a great narrator of hadith. So he said, I told Imam that he is sending you salam. Imam said, alayka wa alayhi salam. You know, when someone says that so-and-so sent you salam, say, alayka wa alayhi salam. means, may peace be with you and him. Okay? And then Imam said, Ida atayta abdullah. When you meet Abdullah ibn Abi Ya'fur, faqra'hu salam. Say my salam to him. 
وقله and tell him إن جعفر بن محمد يقول لك جعفر the son of Muhammad means Imam Sadiq tells you this is very important انظر ما بلغ به علي عند رسول الله فالزمه tell him look what Ali did which made him so close to the Prophet you do the same it's an important thing what was special with Ali what Ali did that he was so close to the Prophet and then Imam himself said this because I'm sure no one could understand without help of Imam Imam said فَإِنَّ عَلِيًّا إِنَّمَا بَلَغَ مَا بَلَغَ بِهِ عِنْدَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ He reached the position that he reached with the Prophet بِالصَّدْقِ الْحَدِيثِ وَأَدَاءِ الْأَمَانَةِ Because he was always telling the truth and he was delivering the trust. If we were asked why Ali became so close, we would say because he worshipped a lot, because he did jihad. These are all important, but these are all founded on some foundations, and that is commitment to the truth. To be servant of the true Al-Haq, who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are a servant of Allah, who is Al-Haq, then can you say something against the truth? It's impossible. In another hadith, Imam Sadiq said, La tanzuru ila tool ruku' al-rajul wa sujudahi. Do not look at someone who is prolonging his ruku', he is prolonging his sajda. Maybe honestly, maybe not to show off. There are people who show off. Sometimes people show off. You know, there was a person who was saying his prayer very nice and beautifully. In the mosque and he was alone so a person entered the mosque and saw that mashallah is praying very beautifully so he said mashallah what a beautiful prayer and that person who was saying his prayer said I am fasting too <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to praise also praise that I am fasting Yes, so sometimes people, you know, just do something to show off. Maybe to begin with or sometime in the middle of action, they are taken away by shaitan. So you, you begin with, you have good intention, but when people start praising you, your intention, you know, becomes bad. But even if someone is honestly praying and fasting and going for long sujood, honestly, this by itself, it doesn't mean that this is necessarily a good person. Imam Sadiq said, Do not just look at how long is his ruku or sujood. This is something that he used to do. If he doesn't do like this, he becomes very sad. Look at his honesty look at whether he always tells the truth whether he delivers the trust this is important another hadith and 
There are many hadiths. I have just chosen for you some hadiths about some of the actions which are very important. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم ألا أخبركم بخير خلائق الدنيا والآخرة Shall I inform you what are the best qualities, best traits of character in dunya and the hereafter? Something that would give you happiness in this world and hereafter. What a Muslim is supposed to do? To forgive the one who has wronged you. If someone has wronged you, you must be able to forgive. Of course, this doesn't mean the people who systematically wrong you or your community. That's another issue. But in personal relations, there is another Muslim brother, sister, husband, wife, neighbor. They may have wronged you, a relative, a friend. Forgive them. Don't even remember what they have done to you. Forgive and forget. If there is a relative who has abandoned you, never comes to visit you, never asks about you, never pays attention to you, you don't do the same. You go and visit them. You phone them, help them. Don't say, when I was you know, ill, he didn't come or she didn't come to visit me. Why should I bother? No. Go and visit them. Of course, when you go and visit them, don't say, you know, you didn't come to visit me, but I still have come. <laughs> go and visit them and don't even, you know, mention anything. Someone who has wronged you, someone who has done something bad about you, you do something good. Someone says to you, do you know what she said about you? Yesterday I met and she said very bad things about you. What should you do? You start saying good things about her. First you say, why you are telling me this? You shouldn't tell me this, but maybe she didn't mean this. She is very good, she is very nice, very mu'min. Do good things. Don't do the same. If you want to be a good mu'min, if you want to be a follower of the Prophet, you have to have this makarim al-akhlaq. Prophet said, I was appointed by Allah to perfect noble traits of character. Not only to reciprocate. To reciprocate good is not enough. <coughs> to do good to the people who have wronged you. This is the mission of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu this is noble trait of character. You visit someone who has abandoned you. You give to someone who has never given you. Visit someone who has never visited you. Who has stopped visiting you. So, conclusion. If you want to evaluate yourself, which is of course the most urgent thing 
we shouldn't that much be thinking about other people. But sometimes we are also in need of evaluating others because we want to get married or, for example, you know, get our children married or we want to have some joint, you know, for example, I don't know, project, we look for a partner, whatever. If you are in need of evaluating someone or yourself, don't just look at the rituals. Don't just look at actions. Look for something which goes deep into the foundations of taqwa. What is the foundation of taqwa? Foundation of taqwa is to serve the truth. Foundation of taqwa is to be humble before the truth. Foundation of taqwa is to be able to get rid of your ego. It is the only time that you can serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is al-haq. Either you serve yourself or you serve Allah. We shouldn't deceive ourselves. There is no way, unfortunately, there is no way to serve ourselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the beauty is this. If you serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you would do the best thing for yourself. If you worship yourself, you damage yourself. Because you don't know how to look after yourself. By listening to Allah who has no need, who has no personal gain. By listening to him, we would secure our own interests. By worshipping ourselves, we do nothing except harming and damaging ourselves. So, if you are a person who is able to acknowledge his mistakes, Congratulations. You are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are a person who is honest, who is fair, <coughs> congratulations. If you are a person who is humble, a person who is able to overcome her anger or his <coughs> anger or emotions and go and be kind to the people who have only done bad things to him, if you are such a person, Alhamdulillah, you are very close to Allah. If you are a person who just performs Salat and fasting and Hajj, I don't know what to say. I have to <laughs> wait. I have to see what you do with the rest of your life. But those things that I mentioned the first, if you are doing them, immediately I realize that you are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now, you realize why some people in the time of the Prophet وسلم, very soon became friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why Salman so soon became one of the best companions of the Prophet. So much so that they said, As-Salman minna ahla al-bayt. How much he prayed, how much he fasted. No, it's not a matter of how much you pray or fast. Salman was a person who was seeking the truth. He left his family, his position, loyal family, everything, searching for the truth. First, he became a Christian. Then 
he realized that a prophet of Akhiru Zaman is coming in Arab Peninsula. He went there looking for this prophet. Then he believed in Islam. And I can assure you, from the first day that Salman become, became Muslim, he was in the top levels of Iman. Why? Because he had already had this commitment to the truth. He just was in need of someone connecting him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the Quran. He was not a person who was cheating. He was not a person who was selfish. He was not a person who was jealous. This is very important. Look at Abu Zar. Abu Zar was such an honest person that the Prophet said, a sky has never provided shadow on anyone who is more honest and more frank than Abu Zar. I told you the story in, I think, the lectures about wisdom or this lecture, that even the night that he wanted to take the Prophet outside Mecca, he had covered the Prophet. When the pagans asked him, Abu Zar, what are you taking? He said, I'm taking the Prophet. And they didn't believe in him because they said, how can he say this? He must be joking. So they left him. So Abu Zar, from the day he converted, he was a good mu'min. Why? Because before conversion, he had this search for truth. So, this is one of the beauties of those who convert. They are already a good person, a humble person, and then they convert. But for those who are like us who are born as Muslim, we have to learn, we have to work hard, we have to struggle, we have to see whether at the end we become a person who is searching for truth or not. So, inshallah, what we need to do is to take this issue of honesty, sincerity, very seriously. This is not something marginal. This is not something that you say, okay, out of many qualities, this is one quality. No, we have to really invest on this sincerity and honesty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he finds this sincerity in our heart, definitely your prayers would be accepted. It's impossible to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely and Allah doesn't accept. It's impossible to repent sincerely and Allah says, I don't want to forgive you. We have to achieve this. Of course, we have to pray, we have to fast, we have to give zakat, we have to do all these things which are very important. Never underestimate these things. But all are to help us to achieve these things and maintain them. To achieve and maintain them. Don't say, I have said enough prayer, now I'm sincere, so I don't say prayer. No, you have to always do this. But the prayer of a sincere person is not comparable to a prayer of someone who is not sincere. When a sincere person says, The whole universe bears witness that he is only seeking assistance from Allah and he's only worshipping Allah. But when a person who is not honest says, Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka na'stain, everyone would laugh at him. 
The angels would laugh at him if they don't get angry, at least they laugh. You are worshipping anyone who is a little bit rich or a little bit powerful. Now you say, I only worship you. You ask help from everyone, then you say, So it becomes like ridiculous. But when a sincere, honest person says, It's impossible that Allah doesn't guide him. May inshallah Allah enable us to achieve this honesty and sincerity. May Allah inshallah include you and your children and friends inshallah among the best followers of the Prophet and the Ahlul Bayt alayhimussalam. May inshallah Allah help us to set up good example inshallah for others in being honest, trustworthy, kind, merciful, helpful. And I hope that inshallah we would be able to serve our Imam Zaman before and after he comes. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. Thank you very much for your attention and participation in these days that we have had this course. I hope, inshallah, it was beneficial and useful. And inshallah, remember me your dua.